Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Semra, and joining me is my co-host, Brad Harvin. How are you doing, Brad? Hey, hey, what's up, Kyle? Uh, doing, doing great, man. Uh, it's good to, good to hear your voice after a couple of weeks. Um, ready to just, uh, you know, keep on uh, talking about this uh, fantasy football stuff, man. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely something... Uh, I, now that I've gotten into the dynasty leagues and everything, you, you certainly uh, convinced me to do that. Um, it, it's a, it's a year long process, man. It, it just got to keep chipping away. So yeah, loving it, man. How about yourself? You doing all right? Uh, doing great. But yeah, I feel for the people who only play redraft because now they've got nothing to do for so long. Yeah, I feel uh, like I saw the light. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, no, definitely uh, trades happening. Uh, but uh, I guess just talking dynasty, talking about our, our portfolio uh, of of teams and, and your roster ship on players. One of the things, I mean, this whole episode is basically a 2023 recap, a look back. So, uh, you know, one of the things we did, Brad, in August, at the start of every season, just before the kickoff of every NFL season, we'll talk about our most rostered players, dynasty redraft, combine the formats overall. Just what are we going into the season with? Uh, just kind of like, you know, these are, these are the players we're, we're claiming stakes to the, the, the most often. Sure. Yeah, inform our listeners so they know where where our wins and losses are coming from in terms of Definitely. what players we have lots of. Uh, and so uh, one thing we haven't done that was really how roster ship changes through the season and what does that look like even for at you know at the end of December, early January, at the end of the fantasy playoffs. So we'll start there. Uh, also back to August, the touchdown projection series that I had done and all, you know, projected all teams, all players for touchdowns. How yep. close was I? How far away was I? And pretty vast. Some teams are just like wow, no, no, nowhere near close. And other teams is like, ooh, right there. Was, hey, uh, right so there. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on all that, maybe some other things as well. Uh, okay. But yeah, I guess we'll start with those most rostered players, Brad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that sounds great. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll kick it off uh, uh, real quick. So um, this time last year, or, or I guess, you know, whatever um, um, I joined uh, three best ball leagues. So I kind of, so I, I, I have a total of seven dynasty teams. So three best ball and four, um, you know, typical uh, dynasty super flex. So I'll kind of break, break, break down the best ball leagues. Um, so out of the three uh, best ball leagues, um all these players, I have two shares uh, in there. So, uh, you know, obviously more than uh, more, more than 50%. So uh, the first one seems seem, seems pretty spread out between the uh, between the playmakers. When, when it came to quarterbacks, I was kind of all over the place. Uh, I mean, I had Rodgers uh, somewhere. I had Dak somewhere. Uh, you know, it was kind of. And then, then I'd have to fill in with a uh, Flacco, you know, just, you know, all those injuries over the, all those injuries over the year, you know, uh, really uh, kind of mounted up, but you had to be, uh, you know, jump on the strategy train and, and try and get those points where you can. So uh, basically some, some of my, or my most roster players on those both uh, best ball teams, once again, no surprise uh, to anybody who's been uh, listening to us, Derek Henry, uh, everybody knows I love him, love the big back. I love the touchdowns, uh, you know, a little bit of obviously, a, you know, decline this year but uh you know what's gonna happen uh you know uh free agency i'm sure i'm sure we'll be uh, talking about him uh in the near future uh so derrick henry's uh number one uh also another big back uh Ramondre stevenson uh another um another disappointing year uh you know being on the being on the patriots he, he i guess at times was the focal point in the offense but that was a bad offense. You know, let's, let's be honest. Uh, so uh, kind of interested to see, you know, what, what direction goes there. I mean, uh, he definitely, you know, has the uh, receiving capabilities. Uh, obviously, you know, a uh, big bag can run, run between the tackles. Uh, then uh, at tight end, uh, David Njoku, uh, which is interesting because I kind of uh, steered away from him in any kind of redraft or anything leading up to the, leading up to the, you know, as the season went on and everything, but uh, he obviously, uh, you know, came, came to form with uh, Flacco behind the uh, the helm there. So uh, kind of issue to see if he's going to be able to maintain that with, uh, you know, whatever quarterback they go, you know, obviously I imagine it's going to be Deshaun Watson. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that in future episodes. Um, and then I got a couple of nice young receivers that I'm, that I'm excited about. Tank Dell. I have a uh, two shares of him, um, and also uh, two shares of a uh, Zay Flowers. So I'm pretty pretty happy uh, with with getting them. Uh, these were uh, both, uh, I guess, all three were uh, startup best ball drafts. So kind of got those guys a little later, kind of more so than you know maybe a, a typical uh, draft would be. But uh, uh, you know, yeah, really gearing up to, for the future. Um, having both of them on on the same team in in two leagues, I mean, I feel pretty uh, pretty excited about the uh, the wide receiver crew. One thing I've heard just listening to best ball shows and even just redraft shows in general, high stakes that uh, those one of the things that could really turn value is rookie wide receivers, especially because they're they have a tendency to go so late. Uh, you know, maybe not a Jordan Addison or a Jackson Smith and Jigba last year, but a lot of the other guys. Imagine Puka Nakua being the, the most shining example. Uh, where there's a lot of leagues you didn't even get drafted in. Yeah, exactly. So uh, because they're so cheap and so unknown, it's such a wide – I mean, you could take Quinton Johnson and he'll give you basically nothing all year and it, it, it does nothing for you. But if you do hit on those, 
it the, the return on investment is massive because if you if you nailed your first few picks too, you've just added another elite starter to that group, and that those are the types of teams that probably went far and won. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I made it. Uh, I made it to the. I want to say semifinals in one, uh, barely missed the playoffs in another and lost in the quarterfinals. So I was pretty happy with, uh, you know, how things went, just uh, injuries and uh, just uh, bad timing of, uh, of playing uh, to, to quarterbacks or anybody else, you know, just kind of, kind of took it away, but, but yeah, it, it was a lot of fun and uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, to, to the drafts that uh, they already got them set up for uh, May. Uh, so uh, pretty, uh, pretty excited about that. So for sure. Uh, do you want to talk about your uh, lineup leagues or non-basketball leagues? Uh, roster yeah, sure. There? Yeah, yeah, I can knock those out. So uh, there, there's uh, four, four of those leagues. Um, really struggled, um, w- which has been very vocalized on, on this podcast. Not it's not just the fantasy, uh, not not just the uh, full press full press league uh, where I'm struggling at quarterback. It's all over, man. Uh, I mean, I, I only have one quarterback, and in the full press league, I mean, it was Trevor Lawrence who didn't really materialize like we thought he was, who was, you know, take that, take that leap uh, this past season, plus a couple, you know, m- miss a game because of injury or, or a half a game or, or whatever the case may be. So uh, not a lot of uh, uh, cohesiveness there at quarterback when my two most rider- rostered quarterbacks are Desmond Ritter and Mitchell Trubisky. That's uh that's not something I like to hang my hat on uh, at all, um, but uh, that's kind of where... Especially considering all the games Kenny Pickett missed. You figured to get For more sure. out of Trubisky than you did. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of Mason Rudolph stuff. Yeah, and, and now he he was uh, recently cut, I think I heard, right? Yeah. Yep. My goodness. Uh, but uh, once again, uh, some some uh, familiar names. Uh, Amari Cooper again, uh, twice uh, in these um, four leagues. Hey, Browns receiver. Sorry, just real quick yeah. with, with Joku and Mari Cooper. Yeah. Those would have served you really yeah, well. So I, I, I never, never would have thought that. <laughs> um, and then, uh, of course, uh, Derek Henry again, too, uh, in two of the leagues. Um, but also a, a, a nice um, a couple young receivers, Nico Collins in two leagues, Rashi Rice in three leagues um, that uh, really uh, took advantage of uh, some drafts last year, got him, uh, you know, late third. Uh, typically when we were trying to figure out if we were going to go rice or Mims, uh, back, uh, back, back last year. So, uh, three in three of the leagues, I have a uh, Rashi rice. I'm very happy about that. Um, other leagues, um, or other players were, which I have two shares, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, one being in the, uh, FPC league. Uh, so looking for, looking for him to recover and bounce back and, uh, you know, kind of be the, uh, driving force of that, uh, running back committee that I have, um, also, uh, very popular on my teams is uh, James Conner. I don't know; it just seemed like uh, it, it, he he always ended up on my team. I have him on three out of four. I don't know uh, if that's my influence working on you. Yeah, <laughs> well, actually, I think um, I think one of those leagues directly I traded him to you, so I guess it is. I think but, so. Yeah, yeah. So, but so, uh, yeah, it's very pro James Conner on this podcast. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, just to wrap up here, uh, just a couple of receivers that I've talked about before, where I wanted to trade or. Do I hold? What what can I get for this person? Um, that name again, Deontay. Uh, <laughs> uh, why Deontay Johnson? Sorry, just drew a blank there. Uh, Deontay Johnson. I have him in three out of the four leagues. Um, interested to see, you know what uh, what's going to happen there. Um, I heard on the radio today there there's talk about uh, Russell Wilson. There's talk about uh, possibly Justin Fields. I'm like, really? Uh, so uh, okay. Uh, so I, I may I may uh, pull that uh, you know trade block tag off of him. Uh, Mike Evans in, in a couple leagues, 
uh, still. Uh, and uh, George Kittle in three leagues. He's like, seems to be like my, my tight end of choice, um, which uh, is a little bit of a roller coaster, but I mean, he's still, you know, top, top five, uh, I, I think. And, but he does seem to disappear, which kind of. He's, me, he is one of the most boomer bust tight ends, but his, <laughs> sure. his, I've, I've been very pro Kittle on this podcast to say yeah. that his weekly ceiling is arguably the highest of any tight end. Right. Just, his, his floor is a lot lower than, a lot of the other elite tight ends seems to be so right you just kind of so, have to ride those ways with yeah them. yeah so so all that is same when it comes to uh those dynasty leagues i'm i'm happy with uh you know a lot of my position players yeah just struggling uh with the uh with the quarterback quarterbacks um i actually got a a, a trade out there to big james in our league um trying trying to see if he wants to let go of uh, jordan love because he has uh Mahomes love and he took uh, over uh, B League's team, yeah, yeah, B League's team, yeah, yeah. He has three pretty solid quarterbacks, and it's like, hey, come on, come on, man, give me one. So, um, but yeah, that's great activity where I'm right now. Yeah, interesting there. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing the roster ship there, Brad. Uh, for mine, I have it split redraft in dynasty. So again, look, looking at basically right after week seventeen ended, especially in redraft, there's nothing happening then. There was ad drops, uh, but. In August, or I guess really was September when we recorded the most rostered player episode, Alvin Kamara at running back, Christian Kirk at wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey at tight end were all my most rostered players at those positions. At the end of the season, it actually remained those those three. So Kamara, I, have him, I had him in five leagues, Christian Kirk down to four leagues in redraft, and Kelsey three leagues. Pretty sure that Kirk was hired uh, five or six even in redraft. I was, I was taking a lot of him, so I think I'm... Might have, uh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Either, I think I traded, I think I, the rare redraft trades that happened. I think, uh, yeah, Kirk was involved in one of those. But, uh, yeah, so that remained the same. The only position that changed was, uh, quarterback. And it's simply that, uh, I think entering the season, I didn't have more than two shares of any quarterback in any redraft league. So I kind of sp- spread out my exposure quite a lot when it came to quarterbacks and redraft. But you mentioned injuries and one of the, big injuries season ending injuries early in the season yeah. was Anthony Richardson. So sure. uh, I ended up with Gardner Minshew on four different redraft teams. Okay. And he ended up, uh, so starting the rest of the season from, uh, I think, uh, week six, maybe week seven. I'm not sure when, I, when I can't remember yeah. exactly when Richardson got hurt. So that was a guy that once that was revealed, Richardson would be out for the season. I went on, grabbed Minshew in quite a lot of places. And, uh, yeah. so yeah, that's what it ended up in redraft. Yeah, he uh yeah, Minchu uh, helped me uh, win that uh 18 uh league. So uh yeah, I so yeah, I got got nothing love for uh Minchu for sure. <laughs> Former Jag, of course. Yeah, <laughs> You've got tons of good memories when it comes to Carson Minchu. Yeah, he, he he's a good 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 guy. Good guy to hang. I, I'd love to go have a beer with that guy, I think. <laughs> so well we'll start with the similarity. So at tight end in Dynasty now, uh there were four tight ends at the end of the season that I had three different shares of. One of them was George Kittle. So we're, we're in lockstep there. Again, very pro George Kittle podcast. Um, the uh, the three others were Dalton Schultz, Josh Oliver, and Jonu Smith, all of which were on my Dynasty Trades HQ team that won the title. And, uh, you know, Josh Oliver, I don't think I've started him nice. once. Yeah. Uh, Jonu Smith, he was probably my my kind of week-in, week-out starter early in the year. So a couple of those big performances he had early in the season actually uh, may have benefited from. For sure. Uh, or you know what? I might have been playing Chica Conquo because and eventually that really fear infuriated me because he wasn't doing much. So I traded him okay. away and a second to get Dalton Schultz. And that's how he ended up okay. on the team. So uh, okay. that's nice to have uh 
quarterbacks I like, Kittle and Schultz especially, Josh Oliver. Uh, you can just pick him up anywhere. That's mostly what that was about. <laughs> yeah, what do you think is going to happen there with uh, Hawkinson? And is that? Yeah, I mean, um, go back to the episode Doc was on when he talked injuries, and there was there's real concern that Hawkinson might miss time going right, into the season. Right. So uh, Oliver might be starting, and and so I think uh, you know, these leagues still kind of hold him and, and uh, see. I mean, maybe the Vikings decide to go because even when they had Hawkinson, they still went and they signed Josh Oliver. So they, th- nothing right. prevents them from doing something similar. Like even if they right. already have Oliver, they could still sign another free agent. And then, right if Hawkinson comes back, that's a that's a good problem to have for them. For sure, for sure. Yeah, Oliver might get some runs. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen there? I think honestly, the bigger concern for Minnesota is figuring out what to do at quarterback and with Justin Jefferson. I think those are once you figure those two things out, you can figure out if you have enough money to pay another tight end or if you just hope Oliver holds the fort until a Hawkinson returns. Definitely. Uh, now looking at running back, the end of the season, Evan Hull would have been a guy I think that was among my most rostered running backs at the start of the year. Just took him a bunch of rookie drafts late, especially late third round picks. So uh, four shares of these three running backs here. Uh, Evan Hull's one of them. Latavius Murray's another, and that's the exact opposite. Just picked him up everywhere once it seemed like he's, especially after Damian Harris got hurt, he's the clear number two, and he's getting a lot of goal line stuff. Just yep, pick him up, yep. throw him in ro- lineups, and see if he gets a touchdown plus some other yardage. Then uh, the other one is Kyron Williams. Four shares of Kyron Williams. And uh, so that really definitely served me well. Very a couple nice. of those were yeah. either rookie draft picks or in some even shallower formats, like just picked off off the waivers after rookie drafts in 2022. So a couple of those are teams where I just held him uh, wow. through that thinking that, wow. okay, he might be a backup. You might get an opportunity. He's not worth dropping. And sure enough, it was, it was definitely worth holding him. I know uh, one of those dynasty leagues was shallow enough that I actually picked him up off waivers after week one. So glad that that was uh, able to happen. Another league I traded the Nick Chubb trade. I think we definitely talked about that on the show. Uh, Nick Chubb in a second to get Kyron Williams. Just uh I didn't make the playoffs in that league, which is kind of the point of making that trade. But at this point, I'd much rather have Tyron Williams than Nick Chubb. So I'd do that all over again. Gotcha. Uh, now at, uh, at quarterback, well, at wide receiver, uh, it pretty sure it would have been Christian Kirk at the start of the year. Um, certainly among it, that's for sure. Uh, among those guys, probably Deontay, Mike Williams as well. But at the end of the season, Noah Brown was my most rostered dynasty wide receiver. He would have been dropped a lot of leagues when he was hurt early. And then sure, once sure. he returned from injuries a couple weeks into that, he was just having these explosive performances. I think his second sure. week back, he was wide yeah. receiver one overall. So uh, that was, you know, even just to, you know, seeing at that point how good Stroud was doing, it was kind of prudent. Oh, he's coming back. Maybe I'll go pick him up, see if he was available. And certainly once he had those explosive performances, then it was, okay, I'll pick him up in even more leagues. Uh, so good, glad to have Noah Brown uh, there. And then, uh, yeah, no change of quarterback. It was Nathan Rourke, still my most rostered dynasty player overall. Uh, had up to seven shares of him at the end of last season, especially when it was, you know, it seemed like Lawrence might miss time. It's like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna pick yeah. him up in a couple more spots. And oh, what? Oh, he's on the Patriots. <laughs> and he didn't start there, even though that quarterback room was. So, uh, yeah, those are our most rostered players. Uh, looking at the end of, of the 2023 season, what what the season yeah. ended like. And we'll do probably another, probably another dynasty themed episode, uh, sometime before the Great. summer, and then certainly a, an overall look again just before the season starts. Fantastic. Love to share, you know, where we're investing, Brad. Uh, so the, yeah. again, the listeners know, like, what with, with the who's the players we're putting our money behind. Yeah, definitely for sure. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So one of the things that I've been doing the last couple seasons, projecting touchdowns going into the year for at the team level and also at the player level. And uh, so now we have the results. <laughs> the results are in. We know who scored and how many touchdowns were scored throughout the season. For sure. uh, you know, which teams I was really awful at projecting. And then we also know some other teams where it's, wow, it's actually uh, not too bad. Um, well, we'll start with the negative and we'll, we'll work our way. And I'll gain confidence as we're going. Um, I guess right off the bat, I, I, I had a feeling this was the team I was going to miss. Um, you mentioned talking Aaron Rodgers, investing him in redraft and in best ball. Yeah, I was I was ready for the Jets to like make the playoffs and be an elite team. Sure. Uh, I had them projected for 48 offensive touchdowns they scored 18 on offense they literally averaged one offensive touchdown a game barely won a game wow wow yeah 30 30 uh touchdown difference which is is the largest uh, on any team by far and it's like it's not quite double some of the other differences but it's i mean it's more than double most of the differences there's a couple that are a little more than 15 as well but this this was the one team i was just so off on uh and i mean a big factor in that is Aaron Rodgers he was the one singular player I, I miss yeah the most he played four snaps so I think it's I, I mean the process still says he's an elite quarterback so I'd probably still project the Jets pretty high next year mm-hmm. uh he didn't prove that he can't do it it's just he got hurt almost immediately so I was I was off by 34 touchdowns on Aaron Rodgers and for 34 passing touchdowns which maybe that is a little high but yeah no uh jets were, were awful but again because it was it was all due to the quarterback injury and they just could not recover from that it's i can chalk it up to that and not have it be such a detrimental loss but that is the one that uh, on paper looks the worst yeah i mean i i, I don't think the 34 uh number you know w- w- was too too high i mean I, I didn't feel it i didn't feel it back then i mean uh, yeah i mean it's just, it's certainly certainly unfortunate he went down um i mean uh, I mean, you just got to take that one on, on the chin, but uh, I mean, the Jets got to, yeah, just got to make some, uh, make, make, make some moves. I mean, I guess there's a lot of concern with their offensive line as well. E- even if Rogers get back, gets back there, can he stay up and even, uh, you know, get half of those uh, touchdowns that, you know, that, that you'll have uh, projected here soon. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. And the one thing looking at the individual player level, obviously Rogers was off by a ton. I didn't get a single Jets player, right. Like, and that's not the only team where that didn't happen, but there's, there's enough teams where I at least got like one player, right? Like, Oh, I got this player with their exact touchdowns. Maybe not every team, maybe about half, but yeah, the jets there's, I wasn't really close on anybody. Um, I, I projected Israel Abanacanda for one touchdown. He had zero. So that was the closest player. Oh, I had uh, CJ Uzoma for two touchdowns. He only scored one. So I was off by one. Those are the closest players, but yeah, not not so significant. Actually, to be fair, another team where I didn't get a single player right was the Miami Dolphins, and this is one where, uh, I, you know, I can't I can't blame the injury. Like this, this is one where I really did just miss. Um, I was maybe hesitant on how good 
Tua did from one year to the next? Like, was there a re- regression there where he he wouldn't necessarily just right. massively improve on the numbers from 2022? It might be somewhere in between 21 and 2022. Kind of went for the average, whereas in fact he did he really did improve on his 2022 numbers and the offense as a whole stepped up. They scored 57 touchdowns on offense. Wow. The uh, the believe tied for the second highest in the NFL. Yeah. And uh, I have. <laughs> so oh, yeah, not all of them were against, against the Broncos. The Broncos. It feels like, like a lot. Of them, no, that yeah. certainly helped. Wow. Uh, wow. I add them for only forty-three touchdowns, so a fourteen touchdown difference. I guess it's not the Jets, but there's also some other teams where it's a little more. But one player I probably missed on the most this year was Raheem Mostert. Yeah. I only projected him for four rushing touchdowns. He had twenty-one total touchdowns, so I missed wow. by seventeen. So uh, there's a couple of quarterbacks I missed by more. Obviously, Rodgers is one of them, but. In terms of non-quarterbacks, this is the biggest miss for me. In terms of an individual player, was Raheem Mostert. Uh, he helped me win a championship, though. That one team. Sure. <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. I only ended up having a couple shares. I I invested more in, in Jeff Wilson, and that was my mistake. So this was one that really cost me. Whereas I should have been a lot heavier on Raheem Mostert. I didn't have them projected that well. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody anybody would have would have seen what, what, what was happening this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly hats off to him uh yeah no, nobody saw that coming yeah that that Dolphins defense or offense pretty pretty uh dynamic for sure um you know 57 touchdowns that is a that is a boat boatload for sure yeah it was actually pretty close really it, the rushing touchdowns is where it was at they they had 30 yeah. uh through the air 27 on the ground I only had wow. them for 15 rushing touchdowns so that wow. was where I missed on a big portion of it uh mm-hmm. I was only off passing wise by two uh yep. 30 passing touchdowns for the team i projected them for 28 so okay. uh even go. then i you know I, i'm projecting Tua for all this so i projected two at 28 he scored 29 so they had another passing touchdown from some other player so i was pretty close on Tua himself but yeah the run game is really like the dolphins run game is where i i, ma- I missed you know, massive gotcha. yeah uh now sorry uh we can get to another team now uh sure. really there's so other than the Jets, the three biggest differences uh, were all by 17. Uh, Carolina Panthers, Kansas City Chiefs, and Detroit Lions. I missed them by 17 touchdowns, neither one direction or the other. For instance, with with the, the Panthers, I, I didn't expect this bad a year from Bryce Young. I had them projected for 37 touchdowns on offense. Yeah. They only scored 20, so I, I definitely over-projected that team. And specifically over-projecting Bryce Young, I had him projected for 22 passing touchdowns, and he only threw 11. So, uh, yeah, that's that was a, a big miss there. Uh, overestimating how good Bryce Young would be as a rookie. Yeah, tough, 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 tough year for that rookie for sure. Yeah, wow. The Chiefs were also an overestimation. Uh, I kind of went with Mahomes replicating what he was able to do in 2022. I had them for 54 offensive touchdowns. They only scored 37, which I'm pretty sure is the least that Mahomes has ever scored on an offense, and yet they won the Super Bowl anyway. So, right. <laughs> way to go, defense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. the, uh, the defense wins championship crowd was starting to be a little silent the last few years. Now they, they can come back strong because that Chiefs defense certainly responsible. <laughs> but yeah, missed them by 17 touchdowns. Again, overestimating. And yeah, specifically missed Mahomes. I had him at 41, which was his 2022 total, which I had actually correctly projected. That should have been my, my that was my mistake going right back to that. I should have <laughs> should have lowered. I thought about it too. It's like, I might not reach 40. Or maybe I should lower down to 39. He only scored 27 passing touchdowns. It's crazy. I don't think anyone was projecting Mahomes there. So, but I missed regardless. So, yeah, that was on me. Um, there was one Chiefs. Actually, there were two Chiefs players I got correct, and uh, one is J- Jarek McKinnon, 
I had him for five touchdowns. Now he missed a bunch of the season, but he still scored five touchdowns. So I got yeah. it right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Noah Gray had him projected for two touchdowns, and that's in fact what he scored. So, okay. There you go. Got those two players right. There you go. <laughs> uh, Panthers wise, I guess was there anything? There probably not. The Panthers were another team. I didn't. I didn't get a single player right. I I overestimated almost every single player. Mm. Um, between Hayden Hurst and Tommy Tremble, I had them as a group projected for four touchdowns and they did score four, but I had it reversed. I had Hayden Hurst with three Tremble with one. What happened was Tremble actually scored three and Hayden Hurst only scored. Yeah, it came, came so, along. Yep. Didn't, yeah. I technically didn't get either player correct, but the, the, the combination as a group, come on. Yeah. I'll well. give myself credit where I can, especially sure. with these early teams where not a lot went right. Uh, yeah. one team I underestimated severely though, was the Detroit lions. I had them. They were they are the ones that tied the Dolphins for second most touchdowns in the NFL. Wow. Fifty seven. Uh, I only had them projected for forty touchdowns. Another seventeen point difference. And uh, in this case, I was actually not too far off on Goff. Um, I had the Lions for twenty six passing touchdowns. They had thirty. My big miss was on the ground though. I only had them for fourteen rushing touchdowns, and they scored twenty seven. <laughs> this uh, that's where it's really similar to the Dolphins. Um, yeah. So the massive difference there. Uh, but. Uh, I guess the biggest, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 27 rushing touchdowns. They were quite prolific. Um, David Montgomery had 13 touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs had 11. No, that's not all rushing. That's some rushing, some receiving. I missed pretty big on both of them though. I had only projected Montgomery for, for eight and Gibbs for seven. So uh, I missed by five on Montgomery and I missed by four on Gibbs. Uh, But the biggest miss, however, was Sam Laporta. I only had the rookie tight end for two receiving touchdowns and he ended up with 10. Yeah, what 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 a bright spot for uh, for fantasy fantasy players for sure. Uh, it's it's great to have another tight end to lean on for sure. I mean, uh, he looks like he's he definitely looks like he's the real deal. He's uh, going to be uh, consistent. I, I know it's just one year, but uh, uh, I I think he's going to be a part of that offense for for years to come and uh, and just a solid fantasy player for uh, for people. He was up there with the relative athletic score. That's yeah. one of the signals, right? These like a George Kittle. These high-end athletes at tight end, if we can see them produce, it's probably because that's their abilities and it's not fluky. Like, it, it does seem sustainable. So, um, who the number one tight end in redraft is going to be next year will be wild. I imagine, Brad, in a lot of dynasty startups this year, Sam Laporta will be the first tight end yeah. off the board. I, I, can, I can certainly see that for sure. Uh, so I guess, uh, the rest of the teams, well, there's one more team that I got pretty big miss on. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about here is the New York giants. Um, another overestimation. I had them for 41 touchdowns. They only had 25 total or uh, offensive touchdowns. Uh, Daniel Jones was a huge miss. I projected him for, uh, I had him, for, sorry, projected for 22 passing touchdowns. He scored two. <laughs> I missed him by 20. Now, he was hurt for a lot of the season, but the fact that he had two passing touchdowns through like when he got hurt, which wasn't that right. it was, it was it wasn't like it was week two or anything like it was right. just it was brutal. Wow. Yeah, Daniel Jones is awful. So it uh, nope, there was a like a negative effect on on the rest of the offense. I I was kind of close on some of their pass catchers. Uh, I got Darius Slayton with four touchdowns, Isaiah Hodgins with three touchdowns. So they both of those were were perfectly in line. Hey, I man. only missed Barkley by one. I had him with 11 touchdowns. He scored 10. So Barkley had no, at least in the touchdown department, no effect wow. on what the, the projections were. Right. But, you know, Darren Waller suffered a lot. I, I missed by four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I guess I, you know, 22 wasn't too high, but it was, it wasn't even anywhere close. And I mean, as a team total, they, they uh, had 15 passing touchdowns. So when it comes to the, t- at the team level, I only missed by seven touchdowns, but uh, yeah. um, I, I way overestimated the rushing c- capacities, 19 uh, rushing touchdowns. They only had 10. So it was pretty much, it was, yeah, it was basically everything from Barkley. I think Burita had one, uh, but yeah, that was a, uh, that was a, that was a miss too. Maybe maybe a couple from Jones or yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I mean if you must have if he wasn't throwing him throwing him in the air, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely missed on Jones as a passer quite a bit. Uh, not as much as Rogers again. That was thirty four, but uh, not as much as Joe Burrow because the last thing I wanted to talk about here uh, on the big misses were some individual players that I missed on significantly. Joe Burrow, other than Rogers, was the quarterback I missed on the most. I had him at thirty eight passing touchdowns. He ended up only scoring fifteen. Now he only played half a season, but even with you know. Projecting that he, he would have maybe struggled to get to thirty, so it would have yeah. been a still a significant miss, maybe not twenty three spots, but yeah, that was he had that a rough, rough start out of the gate for sure too. I, yeah. I mean, there, there's a few of these misses that are injury related. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb, same thing. Yeah, had him projected for thirteen touchdowns, missed that projection by thirteen touchdowns. He didn't score any. He was he, he you know he, I think he played five quarters. I don't even think he played five quarters. Uh, I think it was like yeah. four and a half quarters. So. Yeah, that that one will say to injury. Now, while I was investing in Kyron Williams earlier, patting myself on the back for having those couple shares, I didn't project him very strongly. Uh, three touchdowns was my projection. He had 15, which was great for those teams I had him on. For sure. Uh, but a 12-spot difference. Uh, arguably, other than Mostert, probably my biggest difference, uh, my biggest miss in terms of the non-quarterbacks. Because, okay. I mean, Chubb, it's okay. It's the injury. This was, uh, you know, I projected Kyron to play well. I mean, I... I missed on Cam Akers. That was the thing. I, I projected quite a bit for more for Cam Akers. Uh, seven spots I missed on. Not mm. quite as large as the 12 from, from Williams, but that was a lot of where that difference in touchdown came. I uh, sure. projected Cam Akers to score eight touchdowns. He only ended up scoring two last year. Didn't play a full season either injuries again. But uh, yeah. Um, last two quarterbacks. One is due to injury. One is just due to... Thankfully, I was wrong about this team because it's the Packers. Uh, Jordan Love, I missed by 10 touchdowns. I had him projected for 22, and he ended up scoring 32 passing touchdowns. So, uh, woohoo, Packers made the playoffs. I did not expect them to make the playoffs. Right, yeah. Uh, I, the only Packers player I projected correctly was Luke Musgrave because I only put, picked him for one touchdown. Uh, and because he would, you know, he missed a big uh, you know, portion of the end of the season, uh, and did struggle to connect red zone wise and big play wise before that he only ended up scoring one touchdown. So I perfectly projected Luke Musgrave there. Okay. That's the only Packers player I got though. But yeah, I mean, you gotta, yeah, you gotta be happy about that miss. Oh. Uh, you know, being oh, yeah. a Packers fan and so happy I was wrong. Yeah. And, and fantasy owners out there as well. I mean, I, I talked about, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, that was one of the big trades uh, dur- during the draft that I ended up winning is uh, going to get, uh, you know, is taking a shot on Jordan love as my, uh, so it, it was a smaller league, but uh, he was my third quarterback that I could uh, get in there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, the future's got to future's looking bright for for you guys, man. I'm 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 excited to excited to keep a track on them for sure. Yeah, projecting them this year is going to be interesting. Like, how much do you give in a, a small sample size of Jordan Love? Uh, part of it was the touchdown rate. And I, I think I talked about it for a, a reason. I had a lot of these rookies, but also Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett in the same area was. I was kind of projecting them all at about a anywhere between a 3.6 and a 4% touchdown rate based on what I thought. And, uh, you know, Jordan Love this year, he was, I think his touchdown rate was 5.5%. So uh, 
could definitely see it reducing. I, I could, but you know, same thing as Tua, right? Like with his breakout last year, do I project like more in the middle where, you know, he might not throw a 5.5% touchdown rate, but it, you know, it might go down into the fours. Maybe he throws it at 4.9%, but probably still higher than the, the expectation was before that at 3.6. Right. But does right. he also take a step forward forward and go like 5.9%? Like, yeah. So that that's going to be one that's tricky to, to project forward. But yeah, uh, it'll be certainly a sure. fun challenge. All right, so one last team to talk about because it kind of bridges the misses and the hits pretty well. Uh, it's the, uh, the LA Chargers. Now, again, Justin Herbert, a big reason partially because of injury, uh, I missed on him by 13 touchdowns. I had projected him for 33. He only threw 20. The Chargers as a whole only threw 24. So I was still, I missed the team total by nine in terms of their, their passing touchdown total. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I guess the good news with the Chargers is I had projected them for 11 touchdowns rushing and they got 11 rushing touchdowns. So I, I missed on their passing total, but I actually nailed their rushing total perfectly at 11 rushing touchdowns. So uh, kudos to me on that one. That's where we get to like the, the good moves here. Um, transition, transition to the closer. Close, well, I guess we'll, I'll, I'll, yeah. we'll go to the, yeah, we're getting closer to the good positives. I guess one last negative. Okay. I missed their, so I missed their team total by only nine, which is okay. represented all by the passing touchdowns. I had them for 44 touchdowns. They only scored 35 on offense. Gotcha. But uh, in addition to their rushing total, there were a couple players, or there were three players on the team that I perfectly projected. And there were another three players I was within one touchdown of. So there was quite a few Chargers players that did well. Like, you know, Herbert getting hurt, I actually, in spite of him being injured, I actually under-projected his rushing touchdown total by two. Mm, Or by one. I projected him for two over a a 17-game season. And in the, whatever, 14 games he played, he actually had three rushing touchdowns. But I was close there. Uh, I, I projected Isaiah Spiller for one touchdown. I figured he would get enough opportunity to get one. No, he got zero, but I only missed by one then. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Guyton, I had projected for two touchdowns. He scored one. So those were the, the kind of close players. Uh, Josh Kelly, the other running back, I figured he'd get some opportunity, so I gave him two rushing touchdowns. Yep. He, in fact, scored two. Uh, Gerald Everett, I had him at three rushing touchdowns, and that is, in fact, what he scored. I had him leading the tight end for the Chargers. He actually didn't. Uh, Darnold Parham had four, so he actually yep, led the tight yep. end room. So, but it's funny how that worked. Uh, Keenan Allen, one of my biggest hits. I had him projected for seven receiving touchdowns, and that is in fact what he scored. So, one of my bigger individual hits was yeah, with Keenan yeah. Allen there. So, and on the team level with the rushing touchdowns. Um, so even though I missed on Eckler uh, on his receiving work, but I got his rushing numbers pretty close. I, I missed him by five touchdowns. I had him for eleven total. He only scored six. A lot of that was on the ground, though, and I think I had him projected for six. So I think it all ended up working out, missing on on Herbert by yeah. one, but also adding two over projecting Spiller. It all meshed to give you know eleven rushing touchdowns, which is what they scored, which is not a great number, by the way. But uh, you know, yeah. you gotta prove me, you gotta try and prove me wrong, Chargers. <laughs> uh, we can move on to some more players here. So I guess some more teams uh the new orleans saints was another team i was pretty close to actually yeah and this is this is where we get to like the there were uh a few offenses that i was within two touchdowns of for their their team totals so we can i guess we can transition to start talking about that so 
you know, the, the overall offensive totals for the Chargers weren't so great, but I did get their rushing touchdown number pretty right. on spot. Uh, for the, the Saints, they scored 41 throughout the year. Uh, I had projected them for 43. So super close there. Um, Definitely. I, I had overestimated their receiving touchdown number by two. I had them for 26. They ended up scoring 28. Uh, the rushing touchdown total I had at 17 over uh, this one. I, uh, I over project. So I under, I under projected their, uh, their passing t- touchdowns, but I over projected the rushing by four. Okay. And then that balanced out to a difference, of two. The difference of the two. So uh, okay. 17 rushing touchdowns. What I had, they actually ended up only scoring 13. So uh, again, 43 total was my, was my projection. They ended up with 41. So uh, two touchdown differences. So it's pretty close on, on the team level there. And I also, this one I'm really proud of. I had projected Derek Carr to score zero rushing touchdowns. He scored zero rushing touchdowns. <laughs> there's there's the anti Derek Carr. I had to you know I was talking positive about the Saints all of a sudden. I had to had to throw something in there. There you go. <laughs> now there was a couple teams at the at the at the two extremes. Like the Saints were kind of close to the middle. I actually had them with the most uh, touchdowns projected in the NFC South. So I actually thought they would win the division. Uh, they had a record good enough to win the division. Just didn't have the tiebreaker against the Buccaneers. So um, I, I, I had underestimated the Buccaneers. Um, but uh, I actually had the Bucs. The yeah. <laughs> well, um, I kind of I underestimated them the whole season. I, did, I yeah. didn't quite believe, especially in the running game. And I was actually pretty close in the rush game. I, uh, You know what? I actually wasn't that far off on the Buccaneers. But they, they I guess the lack of touchdowns, they were able to outproduce that either by be, you know, being really efficient field goal wise, but also being really good on defense. I had projected them for an NFL low 32 touchdowns. Now we already talked about the jets only getting 18. So like on the low end, I, I was way too high in the low end, but I was also not looking for outliers necessarily as trying to find those average middle grounds. But I mean, that was the team I had with the lowest touchdown projection total entering the season was the Buccaneers. I that. Again, I had 32, they scored 36. So I was really close. Yeah. Uh, I only had them for seven rushing touchdowns. They scored eight. So they were still really low in the rushing touchdown department. So I, I was I was pretty close there, to be honest, on the Bucks too. But uh, even though that, you know, I projected a 11-touchdown a difference between the Bucks and the Saints, they ended up with the same record. And the Bucks won the division. Wow. Uh, but anyway, so all to say uh, the Cardinals were a team where that was another one that I, I was pretty low on. Uh, yeah. I think I had the second fewest touchdowns projected was to the Cardinals. I only had them for 33 touchdowns. They actually only scored 35 and they were one of the worst teams in the league. I think they're, they're picking, I think they're the fourth worst record. So that, that held true there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to the Cardinals in a sec. There's something I really want to talk about in a very positive way towards the end to really shine light. But there were two teams that I had among the top five NFL offenses and both kind of ma- match those expectations. I had projected the Ravens for 51 touchdowns and the bills for 50 touchdowns on offense. Uh, I was off by two on the Ravens. They actually scored 53. Uh, so I, I even underestimated them. And then I was only off on the bills by one. I had had 50 and they scored 51. So there were, uh, those were two teams where I, I, yeah was pretty high on the estimations and, and matched those pretty well. Um, I overestimated Lamar passing wise. I had him for 31 passing touchdowns. He only scored 34, uh, but I underestimated their rushing touchdowns. I only had them for 20. They scored 26. Okay. 
that's where the difference of two comes from being six lower on the rushing but four higher on the passing so we pulled okay. out uh gus edwards was a big miss in turn in terms of like an individual player miss i think a lot of that was those those rushing touchdowns i only had him for five rushing touchdowns he had 13 the miss by eight i also was off on jk dobbins i had him for uh i had him for oh sorry i missed by seven i had him for eight touchdowns he only ended up actually scoring one in his mm-hmm. uh in week one and then he before his achilles injury so i missed by seven that one's due to injury gus edwards I mean, you could argue the reason he got so many touchdowns was also the J.K. Dobbins injury. Dobbins, so maybe it yeah, all comes down to sure. that. But uh, those were the biggest misses on the team. There's a lot of players I was really close on, uh, namely uh, Charlie Kohler. Really, the tight ends. Charlie Kohler, I projected for one touchdown. That's what he got. Uh, Andrews and Likely, I had projected them for a combined 11 touchdowns, and that is what they scored. Uh, now, it was, it was, my projection was a lot more split. I had Mark Andrews with eight touchdowns, Isaiah Likely with only three maybe Andrew's injury late in the season factored into this. He only had six touchdowns, whereas likely had five, but the okay. combined uh, touchdowns there uh, cer- certainly matched. So there you go. The victory's there. Wow. I, I didn't know he had six uh, you know, with all the injury time. Okay. Wow. Uh, Bills wise, uh, they're like, it was actually pretty similar to the, the same story as the Ravens. I overestimated on the passing touchdowns, underestimated on the rushing. I had Josh Allen projected for 33. He only threw 29. Um, and then on the ground, I only projected the Bills for 17. They ended up scoring 22. Uh, and then, yeah, so 51 to 50. So really close there. Uh, sure. Khalil Shakir, I had for two touchdowns. He matched that. Trent Sherfield, I only had for one touchdown. He matched that. But probably the most impressive one is James Cook. Uh, I projected him for six touchdowns, and that is, in fact, what he scored. That was all on the ground? Uh, no, that was a split. I had actually split it yeah. evenly through the air and on the ground. Oh. I yeah. think he might have gone four and two, like even had more re- receiving touchdowns than I expected, or, or four and two on the ground. I, I, yeah, I think that's what it was four on the ground, two through the air. So I gave okay. him an even three, three split. Right. Uh, but still, scrimmage touchdowns. Yeah. If, the, if there was an exact match for the running backs, I'll let you know. In fact, that's, that's what happened with uh, back to the Cardinals. Uh, one last player I want to talk about before we talk about a specific division, uh, but uh, James Conner. Uh, um, Really, like the whole the Cardinals running backs, much like the Ravens tight end room, is I projected pretty well. Uh, the rushing touchdowns, I guess, like I was expecting. It's it's funny how I got so many players right, but I was expecting more. Uh, still, uh, I think part of it was like, for instance, Rondale Moore. I had him for two receiving touchdowns. He scored two scrimmage touchdowns, but one was through the air. So there was one where again over, overestimating the the passing, underestimating the rushing, just like I did with the Bills and Ravens. I did it with the Cardinals too. I thought they'd have 21 passing touchdowns. They only had 18. I thought they'd only have 12 rushing touchdowns. They had 17. So, uh, you know, minus I, I was I underestimated by five on the rush, overestimated by three on the pass, which led to a difference of two. So the, the combined okay. <laughs> numbers look a little better in that sense. But yeah. uh, there were still a lot of running backs and run, rushing players I was really close on. Uh, Amari DiMarcato and Keontae Ingram, I had them each projected for one. DeMarcado had two and Ingram had zero. So combined, I was right that they would score two touchdowns. It just all went go. to DeMarcado. Um, I wasn't sure how to project Murray. I kind of almost basically projected him as a half season. And maybe that worked because I thought he'd score three rushing touchdowns and that's what he scored. So at least I got that right. But James Conner, one of the best players mm-hmm. I got, nailed it yeah. perfectly. Not only did I get him at nine scrimmage touchdowns, but I had the breakdown perfect. I said seven rushing touchdowns two receiving touchdowns in my projections, and that's exactly how his season went. 
seven rushing cool. touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. So wanted to get again pro James Connor podcast. He, that's that's yeah, the that's the man cool. of the hour on this episode. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, Brad, now we get to talk about the AFC South. This is the division I projected the best. Uh, not so much on the Jags. I was expecting a little more. Uh, sure. I had them at 29 touchdowns. They only scored 22, and this is passing. Right. Uh, and in spite of Etienne and the rushing attack doing well, I think that actually, because of that, it shows my projection. I was close. I had them at 15. They actually ended up scoring 17 rushing touchdowns. So they even outperformed my expectations. Uh, I certainly underestimated Etienne. I only had him projected for eight touchdowns. He scored 12. But there were three Jags players that I had projected perfectly. One was Jamal Agnew. One touchdown. He scored one touchdown on, on offense. Uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, I thought, uh, in spite of the uh, success from the previous season, I thought he might be able to, wouldn't have a big touchdown season. And, he, and for a while, he had zero. Uh, yes, I projected him for four, and he got it all late. But it doesn't matter how Very he good. got there. He got there perfectly, so he got four. Okay. <laughs> so I matched that one. Uh, Calvin Ridley. One of the best players, other than James Conner and maybe another AFC South player we'll talk about soon. I got him at eight receiving touchdowns, and that is exactly what he scored. There you go. Uh, but yeah, Etienne and Christian Kirk were the Jags players I missed on the most. Right. Uh, I was under Etienne by four. I was over Kirk's touchdowns by four. I had him for seven. He only scored three. Mm. There was a you know some injury games missed, but that was late. But still, he yeah. might not have full season. I don't think he would have reached seven. So. That was the biggest losses there, but I was pretty close on the team still. I had them for 44 total offensive touchdowns. They scored 39, so I was only off by five. Yeah, uh, But yeah, there were uh, it, lots of praise for the Jags there, and that's one of the teams I think I missed on the most of, this, of the AFC South team. So I was, okay. again, AFC South seemed to be the division I got a big handle on. So maybe that's a testament to you, Brad. You helped me understand the, the Jags uh, and the AFC South well. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah, tell me more. Tell me about the other ones. Well, I guess next will be the Titans. Um, and so uh, I guess the first thing to talk about is how big I missed on the passing touchdowns and just in general, in the passing game in general. Uh, I had projected Tannehill, and I had projected it to be Tannehill for all 17 games, not Tannehill right, and Levis. Right, but right. obviously, I think without injuries, that might have been the case. Who knows? Maybe if they were losing enough, they would have gone to Levis anyway. But Regardless, I projected the Titans to score 25 passing touchdowns. They only scored 14. Um, actually, that's a big miss on Tannehill because I, I had 25 touchdowns for him. He only scored four passing touchdowns. So missed by 21. <laughs> this is not quite as big as the Joe Burrow miss, but up in that level. Um, but there was some good news. On the team level, I had projected them for 16 rushing touchdowns, and that's exactly what they got. So... Uh, even better than even a higher number than the, than the uh, Chargers where I had eleven, so I missed, so I like I missed their touch their passing touchdown projection by eleven, which is what I missed their total touchdown projection by. I had them at forty one. They ended up only scoring thirty, and all of it was represented in the passing touchdown discrepancy. Right. right. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of overestimation on the touchdowns. Like I had 
Okonkwo and Traylon Burks for eight receiving touchdowns. They combined for one. So like that yeah. was like those two are big miss. I did get DeAndre Hopkins perfectly though. I had him for seven touchdowns and that's what he scored. Yeah, uh, Tajay Spears, three touchdowns scrimmage. And that's exactly what he scored. The player go. I projected with the, the the highest total that I matched perfectly though was <laughs> your boy, Derrick Henry. 12 yep. touchdowns was my projection for him. And that is exactly what he scored. I had it broken down 11 rushing, one receiving. I think it was all 12 on the ground, to be honest. I think so, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't yeah. quite perfectly project it, but I got the, yeah. the 12 right. That was the that's biggest player no, total that I actually – actually, no, that's not true. There's another player total I, I got perfectly right. <laughs> um, as we get to the final two teams in the division, which is where I really wanted to brag. Yeah. Bring it on. All right. So um, – I'll just come out and say it. The Houston Texans and Indianapolis Colts, I had projected both of them for 37 touchdowns. Again, 4% touchdown rate for the rookies. The first rounders, I were kind of on the high end of what rookies had typically done. I went with both of them there and same with Bryce Young. So that's why all three teams ended up at 37 rushing touchdowns or 37 total touchdowns, I should say. Uh, the Texans and Colts both scored 37 total touchdowns. So I actually wow. not only projected both the same, but both perfectly correct. So Oh, uh, yeah. kudos to be there for getting the team sure. i didn't the, the the pass to run breakdown i didn't get perfectly right on either but i was still pretty close uh, i missed the texans by four i had uh 23 passing touchdowns they scored 27 uh, i had them for 14 rushing touchdowns they only had 10 so that was a four spot disparity between the, the two breakdowns the colts was even closer though um i had them for 16 passing touchdowns they only scored 18 so i missed that by two and then i overestimated the rushing touchdowns by two i had it at 21 i think one of only two teams in the nfl i projected with more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns which that came true they only they did score 19 rushing to 18 passing so it was almost the same but it wasn't they were they were one of the teams that had more i guess the titans were another team with more as well 16 to 14 um so yeah so on the team level for the colts and the texans i got Quite a lot right there with them perfectly. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's gotta be. I mean, yeah, I mean, to get that number with uh with the two rookies, I mean, I think it it kind of plays out to to you know your your formula and and uh how you uh came up with those numbers. So yeah, hats off to to you about that. And it's funny, those are the ones I was worried about the most. I was not sure how that was gonna go. And Um, how it always works. I mean, come on, yeah. Wow, very nice. But it's also funny how things kind of work funny how they ended up working so it it almost doesn't feel like a win for instance anthony richardson played five games and had four rushing touchdowns i projected him for four rushing touchdowns for 17 games but because he got hurt my projection matched but it also doesn't feel like uh if he had played a full season or even close to a full season it would he would have smashed that projection so i was definitely i still definitely underestimated him there uh yet i still overestimated their rushing total (laughs) go figure um anyway uh but yeah part, i guess part of that was he didn't play the whole season but uh but i, I did get that right uh the other rookie josh downs I, again it's tough to know how they're gonna do uh, i projected him for two receiving touchdowns and that's what he scored i also got kylan granson right i had him for only one touchdown that was he scored one touchdown uh speaking of tight ends the the i guess so, there were two texans players i got perfectly right one was brevin jordan at two receiving touchdowns the other was cj stroud uh, so I mentioned the team level. I had them for 27 touchdowns, but Case Keenum, Davis Mills, and I think maybe Dario Gubawale or someone else combined for four passing touchdowns throughout the season. 
So CJ Stroud only scored 23. So my projection actually matched CJ Stroud with his 23 yep. passing touchdowns. So that's that is the player with the most touchdowns that I actually got correct. Gotcha. Unlike the previous year yeah. where it was Mahomes, who was the player I had with the most touchdowns overall. Right. Uh, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got to give back. I mean, who who had all the rushing touchdowns for the Texans? Like, I mean, because uh, I know that was uh, kind of a problem. I, I, I mean, Pierce was out mostly. I mean, yeah, got in he was someone I missed on. So yeah. uh, Pierce only had two. I projected him for eight. So that was a big miss. Uh, Singletary had four rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I actually projected him there. Um, he only scored four in the season. I had him with a receiving touchdown too, but he didn't. He didn't produce that. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think he had four. Stroud himself had three. Okay. So there was there were seven of their ten right there because yeah, yeah sure. they only ended up with ten rushing touchdowns. So uh, two for Pierce, and I think uh, I don't know where the last one was. Maybe a receiver got one. Maybe Tank Dell got a rushing touchdown. I can't remember exactly. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah, four from Singletary, three from Stroud two from Pierce and that's that's nine and then a, another one randomly somewhere else one of the receivers I think hmm. okay yeah but uh I guess uh the one last thing we can touch on uh I guess maybe we'll save Super Bowl recaps there's a there's a whole season to talk about <laughs> we can yeah. we can who knows we can bring Braden Holacek on the show and have to really bragging about the Chiefs in a future episode at some future Again. time there's yeah. a whole there's a whole off season to talk about that um so- but uh one thing I want to talk about was a uh, dynasty trades. And uh, I think I mentioned this on the previous episode in the speak on it, uh, or it's the all money in league, but uh, the speak on it co-host uh, D and Danny, they well, D really uh, commissions this league, but Danny's in it as well. Uh, talk about a lot on the podcast. And uh, I had made a trade a few weeks ago. One of the guys I acquired was Derek Henry. Oh, look at that. Um, and, but the big part of that trade to me was moving from Drake London to Michael Pittman and trying to get, even if I had to move back down in the draft, and even if I had to go from Pollard to right. Henry and go right, with an right, older right. running back, both of those, you know, a four spot move down and going from Pollard to Henry was worth it to me to go up from Drake London to Michael Pittman. So yes. I really wanted the, that, that maybe I guess second or even third tier of receivers. Yes. Um, And so these, these trades are really moving away from receivers. I didn't want to either assets I did want or, or more liquid assets or a receiver I did want. Uh, so, I mean, two more trades this past week. Uh, they actually both got accepted, I think, the same day. Uh, so, one was moving away from T. Higgins to get Tank Dell and a 25 third. The other one was trading away Tyler Boyd to straight up get the last pick of the rookie draft, the 310. So, giving away both the Bengals receivers there. Go moving off of Higgins, moving off of Boyd to get Tank Dell and a couple of thirds. Yeah, I, I love I love the uh, uh, acquisition of a uh, Tank Dell. I I'm just I'm not a uh, I, I'm just not a Higgins fan. I, just the the inconsistency is, is not there. I mean, granted, I, I know Dell de- dealt with some uh, injuries uh, his rookie year, but I mean, I, I think uh, obviously both of them, uh, you know, strapped to a to a young up and coming uh, quarterback. Uh, but yeah, just uh, yeah, Higgins. Higgins doesn't do it for me. There's talk about here, which is driving me crazy because him and Lawrence played together. They're like, oh, we can go get. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want him. I mean, that means getting rid of, you know, Ridley, who I know is older, but I mean, the guy got you 75, 75 catches, a thousand yards, and eight touchdowns, as you mentioned. I mean, I'm pretty sure Higgins, Higgins wasn't there this year. So, um, 
And then, uh, yeah, the Tyler Boyd. Um, yeah, I mean that. I, yeah, you you can find a gym at at, at three ten. I mean, it's I don't have a problem with uh, either one of those. Yeah, I I can see. You. I think uh, I think it's another team with Mike Williams and Williams and Boyd were my two oldest receivers, so at mm. least move off to get younger at one of them. But yeah, the I think I have Higgins still ranked higher than Tank Dell and Dynasty, which is why I'm glad. But it, you know, in spite of what the rankings are, they might be seven or eight spots apart. And a third is enough in that range to be like yeah. that makes up those eight spots, I think. So sure. Um, I'd rather invest in that. We know he's with CJ Stroud. The only thing that could go wrong in this is if T. Higgins signs with the Texans and Tank Dell is kind of made less relevant, but even then with how well they spread things out, uh, it'll probably just be so concentrated on those top three guys, no one else will get anything. So I still think Tank Dell's gonna do fine being tied yeah. this long to CJ Stroud. So wanted to get on that action. Are, are are the Texans uh in the conversation with with that or you I think heard I, I've it? heard so many different rumors from so yeah. many different teams and you know what's gonna happen the Bengals are just gonna franchise tag Higgins yeah, and it'll yeah. be there for next year anyway and it won't sure. matter but yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's the way I think they're going for, but I mean I I do think so too it seems like the yeah. tea leaves say that and if they if they really want to they could maybe trade him after they tag him I've heard that as well but it seems like inevitable he's not just gonna walk as a free agent they're gonna want something for him it seems. So gotcha. yeah, uh, I want I want in on Tank Dell. It, it, yeah. it saves me like, like uncertainty, like like with Drake London, the uncertainty of who the Falcons' quarterback is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. With Higgins, the uncertainty of where he's going to land. The one thing is Michael Pittman. Love to him to because he's a free agent too. I'd love for him to stay in Indianapolis and maybe they tag him anyway, and mm-hmm. he's he's stuck there. But um, I'd still rather I think invest in him as the player than those other two. Uh, so yeah, moving over from Higgins and London to Tank Dell and Pittman. I like that. Rearrange my team going into this. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can help you with uh, all your fantasy needs throughout this season. I mean, 2024 is just getting started, uh, but we're here with you. Follow us on Twitter at FPC underscore fantasy pod. Brad's at the rundown underscore BH. I'm at Senra says. Also want to shout out Pia the second who lets us use the song wallet as our intro and outro music every year. This, this is a classic here. I'm not going to be like on the fan on the Packers pod. I'm going to change it every year. This, the, the lyrics really do fit this one, I think. There you um, go. But yeah, any final thoughts, Brad? No, yeah, it was great. Uh, just uh, recapping and, and going back and, uh, uh, you know, uh, hearing the projections. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, some of them were, you know, pretty skewed from uh, from the injury standpoint. But uh, yeah, but, but uh, I, I think the formula certainly hit on hit on others, and I, I, I think he proved that for sure. So yeah, it was good. I look forward to uh, hearing uh, what, what you got this year. That's the thing. 2023 is over. We are now here for the 2024 season and we'll be with you all along the way on the Full Press Fantasy Pod. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.